0: This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Cogland. Brace yourselves, there's a lot to deal with here. Scott Owen.
1: Firstly, Roth Fan Development are gonna have your head for
0: that. And Adam Pace. <laughs> it's good to see that you're listening. Starting now. Seven months after it all kicked off, it is finally over. A mammoth NPL Queensland season. Has come to a conclusion. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season review special of the Brisbane Football Review, where we're going to run through a mammoth grand final day at Suncorp Stadium. If we're all sounding a little bit hoarse, a little bit fatigued, it's because we were at Suncorp Stadium, the marquee venue, for a good 12 hours. It's James Scott and Adam, and we are soldiering through it for the next 45 or so minutes as well i think this is an episode of the brisbane football review right scott it's not npl sunday and i've just hijacked your hosting duties
1: it is not npl sunday so we recapped that last week on the show and 45 minutes is gonna be very very optimistic by npl sunday show stands as the listeners and adam can attest but we'll try
0: yeah well i'm hosting this one so let's uh let's see what we can do adam how are you
1: you 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 try and get adam
2: under control let's see how it goes (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Don't don't uh, don't write checks that your ass can't cash. Uh, Forty five minutes on the MPL show this season. Yeah, good luck with that.
0: I told you, James. You try in your face.
2: I got, play, play, I got plenty of say too.
0: <laughs> no, I've just found the clip that I'm going to be reusing for Adam's introduction over the next god knows how many I years. I warned
2: you. I said there's going to be some memorable uh, quotes in this there, and I have to live it after. Oh,
0: about a minute. Well, congratulations to you for that! And yeah, we're already off the rails. So, well done to me for uh, starting things off on a note. But yeah, we are all a little bit loopy. It was a busy weekend of football. Uh, if you haven't already listened to our Australia Cup recap special as well, where we uh, went through the Raw's four-two win over the Western Sydney Wanderers uh, on the broadcast last time. I almost called it uh five-two, but I think that was just because it felt like the Royal probably could have scored a fifth goal more easily but um yeah it's the end of what has been a long npl season i think the first match week was february 10 11 12 it was a uh, yeah second weekend in february and it all came to its uh, conclusion with a very very spectacular day at suncorp stadium and i know there was a lot of debate over whether that was the right choice for the venue did have some uh, criticism online but you know what just being there in person for the whole day from the FQPL men's game uh, in the morning right through to the conclusion of that epic NPL men's game I-, I really enjoyed myself scott i think you did too
1: absolutely enjoyed myself it was a fantastic day out at Suncourt stadium for a solid 12 hours on sunday yeah look the day itself went really really well didn't it though look it was a very it was a long day and i don't know how many people stayed for all four grand finals, but it was a really, really good day. There's one thing I would change about to talk about later on, but the way the day went was actually really good.
0: Yeah, and and it it didn't feel like it was a long day until it got to I would say probably midway through the second half of the NPL women's match where we were kinda like and it started to get dark and you realised, oh wow. Like I, I got here at ten AM and now it's night time. It was was it the same for you, Adam?
2: Yeah it was and uh, yeah it, it was it was a marathon, but uh, a very, very enjoyable marathon. Uh, look, I agree with Scott. There, there are certain aspects that I'm sure that we will we will touch on over the course of this show uh, that could be done better. A few, few controversies along the way, but look, overall, I think. It it was a event that you almost had to be there to really experience it up, and and that I don't think, with with all due respect to, uh, for FQTV and uh, Double Take and whatnot, it's not something that it, that you know just the broadcast itself would translate. You had to be there because I think when it came down to the sort of the post mortems this morning, that. A lot of the negative criticism and whatnot came from people who I think admittedly said that they weren't at the at the ground, that they were watching off the broadcast. And then, on the other hand, a lot of the positive comments were people that were actually there. So, look, take it for what for it's worth. But, look, I think it's an interesting... it would be an interesting decision how Football Queensland proceed as far as planning it next year on how how they do it. But you just got to say sometimes, you even if... Even if the end result is the internal sort of feedback is, oh, it didn't go as well as they hoped. At least you tried, and to have a showcase event at our showcase stadium in this in this state. At least you tried, and if you didn't work, if it didn't work out how it was envisaged, then you know what? You change it. That, it doesn't. It doesn't um, change the memories um, for for a lot of players and a lot of fans in the stands uh, on what was there. Some there were some great moments. Uh, uh, day, and I think there's a lot of moments that will live with uh, a lot of players uh, forever.
0: For sure, and I will say as well. Like, I think first and foremost, it has to be about the players. You know, and mm. from the broadcast perspective as well, which I was involved in um, from the outset, the players. Are the stars of the show it's about them it's about the teams it's about the clubs it's not necessarily about you know what we're doing in terms of bringing people the game it's not about you know the organizing body or anything trying to uh, just you know put on the best show possible it comes down to the players and the games that they get to play as well and you know i think 98 percent of them will say this is going to be my only chance to play at Suncorp Stadium in a competitive fixture so how great is it and just talking to some of them in and around uh, the games as well I was like this is really cool like and for for me as well and some of the other guys I was commentating with as well like Alan I saw straight away um, he did the FQPL women's game It's like I'm commentating at Suncorp Stadium this is awesome and I think it was a feeling that was pretty much the same like I, I had that same feeling as well like I'm Commentating NPL at Suncorp Stadium, this is great. Josh and Adam, I'm sure, would have said the same thing. And yeah, uh, it's about the players first and foremost. And yeah, that's all I've really got to say as well. Is uh, just yeah, that that was kind of my thought process on it as well, Scott.
1: And that's a theme we heard a lot of. We've got eight interviews coming up over the show, so buckle in for a long episode. But that's one of the key themes you'll hear across all the interviews. Is it's a the game is about the players. And this was an opportunity for players who 90 percent of which James would never have played in. A professional stadium like that before let alone suncorp stadium so the opportunity for the players to play on a big stage like this was one i'm sure they all enjoy but it was all about the players and it was i thought it was worked really well yesterday other than one thing which i think we will we will touch on
0: we will get to that yeah we'll just we'll stick with general thoughts on the day as well i think like one of the little things that i kind of i i could see needing to be fixed but I don't really have a constructive way to solve it is the warm ups taking place behind the goals, um, really limiting the space available for, uh, the teams, especially when you had that situation where the FQPL women were warming up during the FQPL men's games. And then, uh, Gold Coast Knights and Morton Bay were warming up in the final stages of the NPL women's match. And again, like I wish there was a better way to do it. I've, maybe someone smarter than me can think of something but um...
2: I have one I have one solution to that but it's not a popular one and that and that is simply you've got to have longer time slots between games you've got you, you allow you allow go you, know, you may have to allow three and a half hours almost you know three hours minimum and assuming that doesn't go to, to uh, extra time but again you have three hour time slots every game and all of a sudden we're kicking off at 9 a.m so look that that but that, that's the thing is, is that maybe it's it's, it's uh that's not the, the most practical thing to do but um yeah no I look at understand that and that's and that's a case of um you know you don't know until you try it you can always speculate you can always you know spitball it about about what if what if but yeah, until it happens, you actually got real data, and you're right. I don't know if that's the was the greatest thing for players, yeah, you know, having to you know, warm up you know, in a in a very very confined space with an actual live game going on in front of them. So yeah, I think that's that's the only the only suggestion I would have is how they do that. But again, that opens up a whole nother can of worms of impracticalities.
0: For sure. Well, I think on the uh, scheduling as well when this was first announced uh, the three of us just started talking in our group chat going how early are they going to have to start it especially if it's on a Sunday which it turned out to be thinking you know we were were expecting or at least I was at one point like if you're doing three hours between games it's a a 10am start and you're hoping that uh, everything runs on time so you can get things uh, the final game started by 8pm or whatever it was and just on that as well you know it's and those warm up areas were pretty much mud by the end of the game as well when the Knights and Jets were uh, warming up in it too. And I think one thing that we really lucked out on is the pitch looked pretty damn spectacular as well, both up close and uh, from where I was watching most of the games from. But how lucky were we that the uh, Broncos didn't have a semi final on Friday night? Because can you imagine what it would have looked like after that on Friday plus three games of football for what was the uh, showpiece game? So it's a multi-use venue. I'm not saying uh, FQ should have booked it out for the entire weekend because also at this time of year, I'm pretty sure Suncorp Stadium would have said no. But it is just one of those things where if you want to... This is going to sound a lot worse than I mean it to, but if you want to play with the big boys... You've got to accept that it's going to be a little bit of give and take as well, and uh, Adam and then Scott.
2: Yeah, I, like so. There, I think there also is another point you bring up, and I think that the sort of some of the general sort of you know, chatter out there is that why Suncorp Stadium. The thing is, is that, and a lot of people sort of you know, compare it to Perry Park. And, and and other grounds where other grand finals, you know, I know, uh, FQPL two, the and the and the Metro uh, ones are at, at um, Corporate uh, Imperial Corp Stadiums called now, of course, but uh, but yeah, like I said, the 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 a lot of the complaints were about having three empty stands, but you tell, me, but you guys can you know, can help me out here, what other what other grounds do we use commonly in Brisbane, that doesn't have only one, maybe two stands. They had that we, they use more than two stands in 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 the in the top flight in the MPL.
0: I can't think of any.
1: Are we counting the individual little grandstands at each ground as one, two, three, four? Because there's a lot of those.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I know what
1: you mean.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, but, but like, say for Imperial Corp, You've got one main grandstand, and then you've got obviously the clubhouse. So that, that's that's two. That's where all the facilities are and toilets and whatnot. Yet, you, at Suncorp Stadium, there's enough room to have everything there. I, I know food's not cheap. I know, at least, but yeah, you've got toilets there within walking distance. It, like I said, it is It is the, the facilities for the spectators coming in are, are the best there is. So I don't know why people are so fixated with, oh, you look around, oh, empty seat, empty seat, empty seat. You know, so what? The action is on the pitch. I, I, I just don't get that sometimes. That this whole fixation of oh, you had three thousand people or fifty-five thousand seats. It sounded fine to me. When when Max Brown scored that first goal, it, it sounded it sounded like you know there was you know, a, a big crowd there. So this whole fixation about oh, you're playing grand finals in you know a a fifty thousand seat stadium. Get over it. As long as the fans are comfortable, as long as the players are comfortable, then, hey, we've we got we've got an event on our hands.
0: Well, you say Max Brown scored the first goal. I think you could have just said Max Brown scored the goal. He did yes.
1: score the goal. We'll get to that shortly. But they, they were trying to create an event, Football queens. So I understand what they were trying to do. And if they do it again next year, I'm sure there are things they will change and refine to improve it. And one thing I think they do need to change is the presentations. That, I understand what they were trying to do in terms of having... An FQPL presentation and then an NPL presentation at the end of the night. We didn't sit to see how it worked with the FQPL because Surface and Winner Wolves vacated the stadium before that. But when they did it with the women's, it just didn't, and the women and the men in the NPL, it just didn't really work in the way that I think they were envisioning that it w- would. I understand what they were trying to do, both in terms of trying to make it an NPL presentation and also probably save a bit of time between games, but having the, the runners-up of both teams and then the winners of both teams and doing it like, it just didn't work. It was like, at, at that point, that should have been Gold Coast Knights moment for them and each should have had their moment two and a half hours earlier after they won. So I think that's one thing they do need to tweak. That's the biggest thing I would change that if I was doing for next year. But other than that, I do, I do think it was a really well, well done day.
0: Yeah, I, that I completely agree with because, again, just purely from a broadcast perspective, it dragged on and i'm standing there i've got my sign off ready to go and we're just waiting and this is also a big pet peeve of mine i honestly hate the fact that runners up have to go through the you know rigmarole of here's your runners up medal good job well done everyone i i can guarantee that again 90% of those players are probably thinking great you like know, can we just please get this get like get off the pitch and just let the winners celebrate It's one thing that football really does need to learn from U.S. sports. When someone wins a championship, let them do the handshakes and let the winners go celebrate. You don't need to drag this out and do this whole, well done. Give them their runners-up medal in the change rooms and just let them get on with their day, their night, whatever. But yeah, you're right. And I know East was still more than happy to celebrate their grand final win, but... At that point, it should have just been one or the other, and if you had one of those situations where like, say the NPL women's match went to extra time like we were all expecting, sure then let them go around to well, then say, look, we're going to have to hold the presentation after the men's game to get this one in, because if that had have gone to extra time as well all of a sudden you're looking at 10.30 10.45 finish, and I just I don't see how that would have been practical, but yeah, like Again, this is all, by and large, you know, it, it, it's a good things to be nitpicking at, I suppose, because we're not saying, oh, geez, it's a real shame like none of the games were able to start on time because the players got lost in the tunnels getting out or something, or there was an issue with the facilities or whatever. Overall, I would give the day a solid B+, plus, A-, minus for the way it all went. And a lot of the issues we've got are things that can very easily be tweaked for next year, Scott.
1: It was a nitpicky thing, but it's just with East in particular, like that iconic shot of them lifting their first ever MPL Women's Championship, normally those are, are taken when you're in your playing kit. Yes. Yeah, they were in their club polos and all the rest of it. Now, they celebrated it as much as they would have either way, but it just didn't quite sit the way I think it should have in that moment.
0: Well, we were on the pitch uh, at the end of the night, and I think the East players had to eventually be ushered off. <laughs>
2: And look, and I also as well, I actually um, okay, give a lot of credit to the classiness of Gold Coast United, the, the losing the women's finals, as well, because they were there as well. They received their medals, and look, now I I don't think anyone would have blamed them if after losing in such a tight game, uh, if they decide to get on a get on the bus or get in their cars and go home and be home by the time that presentation. I mean, the fact, the fact that they actually. The fact that they actually stuck around, got their medals, you know, tried to sort of make the best situation. I, look, I think it's a very, very class move. So congratulations to to the the women's squad that they, you know, they did actually you know show some points because uh, look, they could have gone down the same path as what uh the what surface paradise and wolves did and decide oh no we're not going to stick around and uh, look uh, that's that's you know their decision all that that's. That's for another time. I, I, look, I'm not going to cast the Spurgeon Wells right or wrong, but they could have done the same thing. No one would have blamed them. But the fact that he stuck around, I think, I think you know, it's, it just shows, you know, a lot of class.
0: Without a doubt. And, you know, look, they were there last year. They lost to Lions. And well, I, th- I think, you know, knowing the uh, Gold Coast United squad, having called them quite a few times over the last few years, I think they were partying one way or another, win or lose. I think they know how to celebrate the end of the season that That's one thing that I can say with absolute certainty Now, what do you say we move on to how the season came to an end Because we had four massive games And we're going to go in reverse chronological order of the way the games were played So this is technically the NPL Sunday order Why is that in the run sheet, Scott? i have like to thinking... have
1: some degree of decorum on this show
0: I think Adam ruined that after about 60 seconds.
1: I know, we've got to try and restore it somehow.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're stuffed. Uh, anyway. That's another clip t-
1: for the start of the show, by the way. That's it, that's two. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, let's start. Men's Grand Final, Gold Coast Knights, Moreton Bay United, 1v2, premieres against the runners-up from the regular season, and it was everything you would expect a Grand Final to be, Adam. It was tight, it was cagey, well, it was well. Actually, it wasn't that cagey because there were a whole lot of shots, uh, plenty of strong challenges, plenty of yellow cards dished out eventually, and uh, in the end, it was Max Brown the difference, the goal on 29 minutes, and who else?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who else? And uh, yeah, he. He has been the clear MVP of uh, the final series, Max Brown-Artrick against Financial Power, the winning goal, grand final goal. And we all, we all know how good Max Brown is as a player. And it came from one mistake. And that, and that's This is the, the thing about big game situations like this. There was a mistake at, at the back. Uh, I think it might have been Damon Anderson who turned over the ball uh, in, in in transition uh, to Ante Poulos Ante Poliak who then squared up to uh, Max Brown to, to slide at home, and uh, that that was that was the big chance, and uh, and and yeah, like I think in in those big games, sometimes one opportunity is what all that could that decides it. So a big a big um sort of of uh, moment in the game.
0: Was it a turnover? I thought it was a long ball forward to Poliak.
2: No, a turnover.
0: Okay. What What do I know? I just called the game. Scott, what did you make of it?
1: The game had absolutely everything, didn't it? From like it had plenty of plenty of action, plenty of strong challenges, as you said, a bit of controversy, which we'll we'll touch on. But it was a it was a great way to great decider for the end of the season it was between two sides that have been the best two teams over the course of the of the season. They are the, they have been the two best sides, and they put on a really good show and for the third time this year. It was a really tight contest between the two sides. The first two were draws, obviously. Something had to give this time, and ultimately that one one bit of class from Poliak to Max Brown was the difference in what was a terrific game.
0: It was, and let's run through some of the other uh, incidents in the game, because there were quite a few, and I think first and foremost, the refereeing was a major talking point, for better or worse, as... Uh, there was no yellow cards brandished in what was a fiery first half. And if you watch the broadcast, like the thing that just uh, stuck out to me was this was a game that was allowed to be played. It was the way the game was allowed to be played because the referee, uh, Mr. Amedovic, just said, I'm keeping my cards in my pocket for as long as possible. You need to give me a good reason to start booking people. And eventually they did. But. There were some strong committed challenges, and Damon Anderson and Emron Donnelly-Fagan were flying in all over the pitch as well, as I think there were a few that I felt up in the stands, Adam.
2: There were, and there were for both sides uh, as well. Uh, all, all the all the uh, defenders for for Gold Coast uh, Knights also got involved. It all, it all actually kicked off you know, in the first couple of minutes, where was a very, very strong challenge um, by Marquez Walters on... Um, Austin Ludwig which uh, which really sort of set things off and uh and yeah there's also the um, the uh, Matt Lugo incident um, where where he he made he made contact outside the box uh, whether it was deliberate or not on I'm pretty sure it was on Max Brown
0: a through ball yeah it was. it was yeah so what well my view on that and after getting the replay what the hell is everyone complaining about saying that was a red card that wasn't even close like You'd think these people have never watched a game of football in their life when had two people coming towards the ball at full speed. The ball came off Lugo as well, so at the very least, it was kicked into him and then just momentum caused a collision. But of course, there was a whinging from the usual suspects just trying to get attention. But it was, for me, a well-adjudicated decision because... just because Matt Lugo's solidly built doesn't mean he should be punished for running through an opposing player. It was a momentum collision, yeah. and the ball came straight off him. Scott, what did you make of that?
1: Yeah, I thought he got the ball. I, thought, I, I he did. It, it was it was basically in the line with where we were sitting on the on the night. So I I honestly don't understand why. it, I, it wasn't even a foul. I don't. Yeah. I don't. It was absolutely nothing. There were some other it, like half shots of penalties earlier. In the game, that might have been might have been interesting, and there was one later in the game which we'll get to, but that one I don't think there was anything.
0: No, no, I didn't.
2: I don't think there was. It was this heavy contact. It was it was unfortunate the way that the collision happened. Um, and look, to be honest, I don't know that either either player. You know, knew where the other one was coming. I think it's just it was just a, a contact, and it look it, it's it's never a good look again. And I always say this is that it's never a good look to keep it charging out, and you know whether they won the ball or taking a player out. You know whether it's legal or illegal, but yeah, the, again, it's it's a, it's still it's a good play from the keeper if they can defuse the situation by charging out of their box. And so i I'll tell you what, if Max Brown gets that first and he rounds Matt Lugo, we 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 have we have our early goal because it did happen before the the opening goal, the official opening goal.
0: Yeah, and uh, that would have also been pretend, Like if Lugo didn't get any of the ball, that would have been a pretty clear yeah. red card as well. So. I, again, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But, yeah, I just I can't believe that was even as big of a talking point as it turned out to be. But, you know, that's what you get sometimes with the hysterical nature where you kind of forget that football is, in fact, a contact sport sometimes. But you get the Helen Lovejoy brigade who think any contact should be a foul because, God forbid, someone gets a bruise. I But, like, so I know... He, uh the refereeing is going to come in for criticism later on but you've got to give credit where it's due and say he handled that as well as he could have um moving on now to the next i would call it major incident which was uh the chris ma scissor tackle on again i think it might have been max brown in the second half which sparked an all-in melee where i think uh I don't know if I uh, was just the ringing in my head, but I could have sworn I heard the ding, ding, ding from the boxing ring, Scott.
1: <laughs> it was. It was on, wasn't it? It was a bit of bit of bit of boxing going on. Look, I think it was just, the game kind of needed it in a way because it livened things up. The, the start of the second half was just meandering along a little bit, which was no good for Morton Bay because they were trying to get themselves back into to the game. I, I think, well, whatever happened in that instant, I think both Chris Maher and Oscar Dillon both picked up yellow cards out of it. So one yellow card each, but. I think what it did was it fired them up a little bit, James. And from that point on in the game, they started to create their half openings and get their chances to get back into the game. So I think from their perspective, it was probably a yellow card worth taking because it fired them up and it got them back into the game.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's the way that we've seen Moreton Bay play all season long, as we're about to hear from the mayor of the region. But um, it was it was almost like you know uh, watching an ice hockey game where... Sometimes the team's a little bit flat, and a player just has to lay out a big hit to sort of get his team going.
2: It was it was an escalation point, and we we talked about with the first half that there's no yellow card shown, and there there's some you now where other referees are in a game that is not as big a situation that they would have actually attracted a, a yellow card. But it was not And even in the plays leading up to that heavy challenge by Chris Ma, there were probably two or three challenges in the immediate aftermath of that. They're probably going, and but this is about each, each way, that probably could have been fou- been given a foul. So that really became a flashpoint where, I think it was time where uh, Ziad had to then start showing some yellow cards because it was starting to get out of hand. It was starting to really, you know, all over and that, that melee it wasn't a great look. Um, but again it, it's also it was a practical thing because you're right, I think from that point Morton Bay really served you know switch on there and they're a side that you know they you can never count them out of a game. I think that the amount of times that they've been able to salvage situations during the season and they just need that spark and uh yeah look it's agricultural's a challenge was from Chris Maher. Uh it it did serve a purpose, as you said. It that
0: did, was
1: to seven yellow cards in the second half, James. Those two.
0: Yeah, and they, they were coming, and the point I was going to say. Well, again, I'm just going to keep referencing back to the broadcast because I said a lot on that. Um, but like, this was the way the game. Like, it had been allowed to build to that point solely because you know there hadn't been any fouls, and I think the players were starting to get a little bit frustrated. It's a big game. The adrenaline is probably twenty percent higher than it had it been at any other point this season. And you could just see it was building and it was a case of the players going, well, if I'm allowed to get away with this, let's just see what else I can do. And that was pretty much how uh, it was allowed to unfold. And look, you've got to give... um, You've got to give the players credit where they pushed their luck and some were lucky to probably not get a red card. I think that Chris Ma challenge, I've seen players get sent off for that on more than one occasion wasn't given so that's the way it's going to move on but yeah it it was a heated game between two very physical sides as well and yeah it was it was tense but um i think the tension almost boiled over in i want to say the 80th minute give or take where there was a handball by Shelford Dias that w- i i don't think there's any question about it it was a clear handball from pretty much everyone's Uh, perspective watching, but uh, the officiating team, and I don't want to single out anyone specifically, because it was, like, all four officials on the ground missed it, and it was pretty clear right from the outset, Scott.
1: Yeah, this is normally where I'd say we're going to play everyone's favourite game, penalty or no penalty, but it's pretty clear cut, that was very much a penalty, as you said, the refereeing team as a whole, unfortunately, did miss that moment, and it was a very clear handball from Shelf What I will say about it is it wasn't a guaranteed equaliser. It was would have been an opportunity for Morton Bay to, ha- to have a penalty with 10 minutes to go to potentially get themselves back into the game. So it should have been given as a penalty, but we'll never know if it would have truly just changed the outcome of the game. But it should have been given as a penalty.
0: And playing the numbers as well, you can kind of think that it probably was going to be um, a goal, but we know Langdon is a pretty capable shot stopper as well. And I'm assuming it would have been uh, Walters to take Adam.
2: Uh, that's actually interesting. It would have been an interesting choice to see who would have, because you did have you did have um, Jordan Farina out there as well, who's been known to take to take penalties as well. So it would have been whoever was up for it. Uh, so yeah. But look, we'll, we'll never know. But yeah, on the subject of something, I've got to be careful what I say because you know, I, I'm. I'm I'm sort of caught with, you know what, I put my Morton Bay cap on and God, that, that, that one's stung If that, anyone that wants decision. to know what
1: he actually said in the box, let me know, I'll tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> D- send a direct message to at BNE football on the Twitters <laughs> or uh, at Brisbane football review on Instagram.
2: I will guarantee you that we, where we were located, uh, I did not do a Craig Bellamy impersonation. So, but, um, but, but yeah, look, uh, I've got to say, yeah, it was blatant, it, not blatant as such, I'm not going to go that far, but it was very, very clear, and sadly, you, you want to know the, the answer to the question, why does VAR exist? It's decisions like this, unfortunately, that is why, because these are decisions that, you know, that VAR was designed to rule out the game, I, it, VAR's never going to come into MPL, nor should it. But these are moments you think, oh boy, you know, for four four officials they they got this wrong, and I'm not I'm not having to go at um, at Zihad or, or any of the other uh, the refereeing group. Look, they're human, they're going to make mistakes. But boy, did that one hurt. That's um, yeah a um, from a Morton Bay point of view, and I definitely share that you know with my fellow supporters on that 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 one. Um, that felt like a bit, of a, a bit of a kick in the guts because they, they were well on top of that and Gold Coast looked like they were just hanging on. But, um, yeah, it, it is what it is and, you know, swings and roundabouts. But, um, yeah, I think you almost tell my voice out of disappointment in that moment.
0: For sure. And I, I'll just echo it as well. Um, I'm not going to turn this into a VAR thing. I'll just say this and move on. But the next time someone says uh, they're willing to accept a referee's mistake in exchange for getting rid of VAR... I'll just happily uh, point everyone to the complaints about that missed penalty because that's, that's what it's there for. It hasn't been used properly. I will readily admit that. But if people are willing to accept that these mistakes are going to happen and not go out and just flat-out abuse the referees for making mistakes because they are human, that's fine. But if you're going to whinge, complain, and moan about that non-stop, then... You have no right to complain about the lack of VAR in games. Adam just last thought.
2: I, I will I will go say and from what I've just said, I'll go saying that, you know, this refereeing group is the best group in available on the day. So they make mistakes. It's unfortunate in a situation like this and that it sticks out like a sore thumb, but you know what, this my my disappointment is no way a reflection of yes. what I think of them as yeah. As, yeah as referees because they they are all fine referees and assistant referees you know, all four of them we've seen them a hundred times and yeah you know, I'm sure Zihad, if he had another chance to look at that and, and give it again I'm sure he would yeah you know, at the end of the day and, and I look you know, and that's the one thing I would hope and I know emotions are were pretty raw on the Morton Bay side of things and you know things are probably said sort they of regret but you know, I think that's the important thing is that it is a big situation people are human they're going to make mistakes and you know as as much as it, it hurts. I think that's the important thing, is that, you know, referees make mistakes, you know, you know, it happens.
1: Yeah, they were the best refereeing team over the course of the year, James. But just quickly, Adam said he didn't do a Craig Bellamy impression in the um, away coaches box where we were last night. Yeah, not so sure about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, let's move back to some of the positives from the game as well, because like, yeah. the big talking point was, uh, well, one of the big talking points was the officiating, but... That was just a pulsating game, just end-to-end, no shortage of chances as well. Uh, Langdon and Lugo stood up big, uh, making several massive saves as well. Um, And, you know, you've got to give both teams credit for saying, you know, it's a grand final, let's put on a show. And they absolutely did. And Morton Bay, they finished so strong, and it was all set up for what would have been... uh, uh, So our commentary spot was over on the uh, eastern stand, we were in one of the like little corporate areas on level 4 over there, I was ready to jump over the table if that Marquez Walters bicycle kick had have gone in, or actually, I think I probably would have done that anyway, if he had have got it on target and just forced a save out of Langdon because I, you got to give the guy credit, he's 21 years old, golden boot winner 93rd minute of a grand final and just goes screw it, I'm going the bicycle kick it didn't come. An
2: absolute belting throughout the game. Austin Ludwig, and then obviously that that started in the first couple of minutes. And uh, yeah, he, uh, Marquez was a marked man. He, and how many times did he get you know, tackled, go you know, fouled? And in the 93rd minute to produce that, the only the only bit of the story that I'd like to change that actually goes in, uh, and that would have brought the house down.
0: I yeah, and you could see him winding up for it. I was gearing up, getting ready to. You know, just absolutely lose my mind. It would have been... I I don't actually know exactly what I would have said, but I'm pretty sure it would have been incomprehensible, at least for the first little while, because that would have just been unbelievable. And, you, you know, like, Walter's... He's lost no admirers for his efforts in that game as well, Scott.
1: That would have been one of the greatest moments in Grand Final history if he had have gone in. That would have been... I think it might have surpassed in the Windsor Halls or Michael Lee but it, if, if it didn't it would have been right up there. It would have been an amazing way to conclude the 19 minutes and who knows what would have happened from there but the game had everything. It had absolutely everything in it didn't it?
0: It did and I was about to ask a question which I might say for when we're off air because it's not really an on-air discussion about uh, that hypothetical moment as much as we do love to speculate on this show but uh, it, it would have been up there if it had have gone in and it would have just actually. It would have just been the cherry on top for what was a pretty like enthralling ninety plus minutes of football, and yeah, I, I just really really enjoyed myself as well. Like, it was fun. Like that. That's all I can really go back for, and I did love um, the Morton Bay fans deciding to make Shelford Deus the pantomime villain. <laughs> but i can guarantee but Can
2: the mayor explain this please because i don't get it what happened i i don't i don't even know the the order did not come from me <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, i like I, li- I like shelford i don't uh, no, even i I, re- I think i remember asking the question in the box like, oh what what did shelford days do to the morton bay supporters because he was every time he touched the ball he got, it might i think there might have been a heavy challenge in the, in the first half that i think and they just they just rode him the rest of the way and uh and, yeah but um,
0: I'm sure yeah, there would have was, been a rise smile at some point from uh, Deus there when the booth just oh, kept absolutely.
2: coming he he's he a compared uh, no no doubt and I think for him as well I think personally being part of that five-time grand final defeated um, team I think to actually finally win one I, I think that you know I think that that would have been uh, very very special for him I think on that stage
0: yeah if there's one night's play, you feel happy for above all else. It's got to be Shelford Day. It's just solely because, like, yeah, five straight grand final defeats and he managed to uh, get a win finally with Gold Coast Knights. And not only getting a win with Gold Coast Knights, but playing in almost every game for him. He was the appearance leader on the season for Knights. I think it was 35 games if you include the Australia Cup national stage, which, again, he's a semi-pro player. That is ridiculous. That, like for a guy to get through that many minutes of football in a year uh yeah I I'm stunned. and also I think uh what he's probably enjoying as well is actually just playing one position because I know he was a bit of a mister to yeah. fix it for Ben Car who play everywhere betting goals I'm pretty sure
2: yeah but um but I think overall as well sort of in summary of you know I, I don't think it would be very, very hard to deny that Gold Coast Knights were the best team in 2023 in NPL I think I think uh, to, to win the treble what they did I think is pretty special but they but they were the best team but I, I will say this for, for my Morton Bay team that league runners up they were they were Kappa Kappa Pro Series semi-finalists you know, grand finalists uh, national round qualifiers in the Australia Cup I'm sure if, if I had to put that to anyone at Morton Bay at the start of this year they would probably laugh at me. I would laugh at myself. So I think while they didn't win anything, I think two points is that you know that is a phenomenal season they've had, and they, they should all be very very proud um, of, of their achievements. You know, Cam Miller and the whole squad. You know, play their coaching staff included. They should be proud of what they've achieved. But I think also as well, congratulations to Gold Coast Knights. Um, I think they will go down. I think in history as probably one of the most complete. Squads in in this competition, I think, yeah, they they solid, they deserve the treble when it comes down to it.
1: They absolutely. I firstly, agree with everything you said about Morton Bay, and um, as for Gold Coast, they won the league, by ten points. They won the Kappa Pro Series, they've won the Grand Final. They have, they are the first team who to to win the treble. It'll be a task that not many teams will ever be able to to eclipse of equal on their behalf because. It's a, the way they did it. They lost, what, two games for the entire year. Three, if you want to count the Australia Cup loss to Western United. So they've had a phenomenal year, Gold Coast Knights. They have been the standard bearers the whole year, and they deserve the honors at the end of the day.
0: That they did. Well, look, it was a very happy uh, Gold Coast Knights team as well, and we should say congratulations to everyone there, including uh, Jody, Cindy, the backroom staff were always so accommodating uh, for us as well. Um yeah, you can't say enough about you know, how good they've been this season, um, and I'm not going to try and say how good they are because, well, for starters, my dog has just run into the room. So uh, let's have a little break and uh, hear from Scott McDonald and Max Brown.
1: to Gold Coast Firstly, Scott, congratulations. Thank you. Great occasion here at What Would you make
3: it? Yeah, look, great occasion for all the players. Um... Totally different atmosphere to last year, must be said. Uh, pros and cons to both, but, you know, great event put on uh, from Football Queensland, and uh, they're always great when you win, let's be real. So, um, you know, it's a special night for all my players and uh, the season that we've had.
1: Um, it'll be one to be remembered now. One to be remembered is the treble, the first time anyone <laughs> in Queensland has picked up that, that honour. What does that mean to both you personally and also the club?
3: Everything, because it's history created and... Uh, Wanted to be a history maker when we first got the job, when we were in seventh place two years ago. And I think I remind you, like coming back off the back of winning our first championship last year, that we'd only just started. Um, so we're we're fully into it now, but we're not finished. So we started last year, and we're
1: not finished this year. So more to come. What is that? More to come next year, but on this game in particular, it was always going to be a tight, yeah. tense game. The first goal was going to be crucial, wasn't it? the way the, the way the game panned out? Yeah,
3: two teams that. You know, two different shapes, sticky all season. Wasn't much given between the both sides throughout the whole course of the season. Um, You know, they've had a wonderful season. I touched on that with you guys earlier. Cameron's done a great job and tactically, you know, they're they're very astute in what they do and give you, you know, give you a tough game and it ebbed and flowed. There was bits and pieces in the game where I thought we scored at the right time. Um, we got on top of the game at that moment and we scored when we were on top and I think that's always key in finals when when you're having your moments that you can obviously then you know get the goal at those times and we did we got the goal at the right time and um, look the longer the going game goes when you're 1-0 up it's always going to be edgy we've seen that last year and um, yeah we could have maybe killed it off on a couple of occasions but we defended so well and you know our defense has been so good this year
1: he scored at the right time. He must be super pleased for Max Brown. Club stalwart to get a, a goal like this on the big stage.
3: Yeah, he just keeps coming and coming. Mate. If, if you were to bet on one man who was going to take the limelight tonight, it was going to be that guy. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, Queensland's player of the year. You know, and a tough set. And one that's righted him all the way. Austin Ludwig's the other one. You know, There is no comparison to these two men this year. They've been absolutely awesome from start to finish. Ozzy played with more or less a broken foot. You know, first five minutes, the challenge that's on him. Um, You know, Never mind the challenge, but he's limping around half-time. We're having to feed him the pills just to go through. So it just shows you the strength of character and, you know, the captain and the leader that he
1: is. You know, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of them all. Fantastic. You set lofty goals for this club at the start of the year or at the back end of last year. How do you top it for next year now? We win them all again.
3: That's how we do it. That's how I do it. (laughs) I don't give up. So I'll give them four weeks and then we go again. You know, so some of them might not want to come back. <laughs> and before
1: that, a couple of celebrations slide, I imagine, down the Gold Coast?
3: Absolutely. The bus will be uh, an enjoyable one back down the road and, uh, yeah, one that I'm looking forward to. And now we can just, uh, we can enjoy and celebrate. You, you knew talking to me, guys, that there was always this one that we needed to get. Um, because at the end of the day, this is the one you talk about. On your show, you go, all the champions are X, Y, Z. You know, we might have won the league, but you're the champions. So, uh, but we're everything, so it's great. Thank,
1: Thank you. you. You've got the lot now, so you're Great yep. to celebrate. Congratulations. Absolutely. Enjoy the celebration, Thanks, boys. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks for all your work. The winning goal scorer, Max. Max, congratulations on the win. What did you make of the occasion here today?
4: Yeah, it's sensational. I think, um, you know, it's a special occasion with a special bunch of boys. And, um, oh. yeah, coming out with the treble this year, it's um, pretty special.
1: you are playing some big games for this club. How did this one great for you?
4: Yeah, grand finals are always big, aren't they? Um, especially when you have good opposition. Uh, more and better made it tough tonight, but I think, um, yeah, I think with the season that we've had, we deserve, we deserve what we got.
1: Do you think the experience your side has in Grand Fox played a part, in terms of the way you settled into the game? Oh, I think um, we all play, we can all play in
4: big games. You know, you know, throughout the year, every game is a big game. Every point matters. So um, the preparation, everything is no different for us. You goal You want to talk us through it? The goal. Yeah. Like it's I, it's, uh, I didn't even think about it. It yep. comes across my body and I'm not thinking about anything else other than shooting. So, um, yeah, look, happy for that one to go in, but I'm also happy for the team. Yep.
1: How do you find playing here on the big stage at Suncorp? It was a great, great Night, a big occasion.
4: Yeah, look, it's a great field to play on. It's a big field and it suits the way that we play. So, um, I think yeah, there was a good turnout with the fans tonight. And, um, yeah, the, the Croatian te- the Croatian fans, they always get us over the line. So,
1: uh, this is the treble secured this year. What does that mean to you as a player to pick up all three trophies in one year? It's the first time I've done
4: it, you know. We've won grand finals and, um, you know, played on the national, national stage at the FA Cup. But to win the treble and take everything out for the years is um, pretty
0: special. And a big thanks to Scott and Max for taking the time to uh, just pause their celebrations momentarily as well. But, um, yeah, and the other point that I will uh, just say as well, calling that game with Corey Brown was pretty cool as well that was that was a lot of fun and um, it's great to see Corey back in the uh, football picture as well
2: yeah I caught in, in sort of uh, preparing for this show I obviously uh, watched a lot of the, the, the stream and yeah, uh, yeah yourself and Corey Brown and a very very interesting duo on commentary it was a, it was, it was a great it was a good call you know, from you guys I think uh, really sort of captured the, um, the moment
0: thank you
1: yeah it
2: was okay it was okay we always apologize for the commentary and no exceptions on this
1: game
0: I'll, I'll tell Josh he said that
1: I, was, I wasn't referring to, to the great Josh just his, um some of the other commentators particularly the league commentator of the MPL men's grand final
0: well yeah it, it was a special game as well getting to sort of take the range from Simon Smale and well at one point Simon Hill and prior to that Rafe uh, Griffin as well like it's it's a pretty special company to be in getting to do the uh NPL Men's Grand Final, it was a pretty decent honour list and a special one to join as well and it's been a great season calling these games, Um, and that was just one of the games, I said 45 minutes per game for the recap, right?
1: Yeah, I think so (laughs) We're already at 45 minutes, so we're going well
0: That was the joke, Scott, well done (laughs) All right, let's uh, move on to the penultimate game uh, of the day, which was the NPL Women's Match, and I think it was the one we were all sort of expecting uh, to go to penalties in the end, but it didn't. It was a 1-0 win for East, and the goal came five minutes in from Emma Starr. So, East finally get their trophy after years of trying. Uh, Gold Coast fall in a second successive NPL Grand Final, but nothing against Lions. They have been the dominant team and earned every piece of success that they've got. It was just nice having something different, and I suppose this is, you know, if you're a Manchester City fan and uh, you also follow the local game, this is how it feels when you uh, don't make a final and it's a couple of other clubs playing in it. It's just nice for something different every once in a while. And you've got to give uh, East and Gold Coast credit. They earned their spot there, and it was, a, again, another physical hard-fought battle uh, between two sides desperate for success, Scott.
1: Manchester City fans? What are those? But on a, more, on a more serious side, it was star by name and star by nature last night. She's got the winning goal for East and Suburbs. In what was they deserved the win. Again, it's a bit like the first game of the day the FQPL1 men's grand We'll go through. Um, East got the early goal, and they were able to ride the momentum from that goal all the way through the rest of the game. Gold Coast had their moments in the game, but East were the better team on the day. They were the better team over the course of the season in between those two sides. So they were thoroughly deserving of their win, and... Congratulations to everybody at Eastern Suburbs. Eastern they are a club who've been through quite a lot in the last couple of years, James, on and off the field—and they've been to six NPL Women's Grand f- Final series, I should say. First time they've been to the Grand Final and the first trophy they've won in the NPL. So congratulations to them. It's—it did look like it was going to be quite a nice celebration, actually, because they were still—they were going strong out on the field after the game. That was three hours after the fact, so I'm sure they had a, a big night out there at Heath Park, and they thoroughly deserve it.
0: Without a doubt, as well, and. Again, you talk about players that you're just happy for across the board. I just think of Georgie Amos. She was there. She was involved. She's been in many, uh, almost, and she uh, got there as well after. This is season eight of NPL Women's, isn't it? Nine. Nine. Okay, well, season nine of NPL Women, and I'm pretty sure she's part of the furniture there as well. So there's plenty to enjoy there as well. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a tense game, and East just gave no quarter at him.
2: It's, it went pretty much as we expected, and, and I say that because both teams are supreme defensive outfits. Again, it was like like the like we thought saw the men's game. It was going to be one opportunity that I was going to win it, and the first goal scorer is always going to be the heavy favourites to go to go on, and you know you know, defend them their way pretty much, you know, and if neither could find the back of net, we were going, we go on the distance. So, otherwise, so it, it, put, it turned out as it was a, a, no, a nice goal um, by Emma Starr, you know, and we talked about earlier about, you know, players that, you know, being at Suncorp Stadium, scoring the winning goal, and I say the same for Max Brown. You know, if nothing else, you do nothing else in their in their careers. To say I scored a MPL Grand Final winning goal at Suncorp Stadium in 2023, that's a memory that will last a lifetime. So you know, well done, well done to her and and no, so they 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 were. If it wasn't all about Lions, um, you know, East were up there as well. You know, they they had a very very solid season uh, built built behind a very very strong competent defence in uh can Kachenko and uh, and Holly Clark and uh, and yeah, they. they in the end that defense is what brought them home to uh, win the um to win the grand final
0: and you talk about you know great returns in 2023 hakana kachenko formerly hakana dixon like what a uh, return she has had to east as well coming back into the team and marshalling that defense and she was massive for them yesterday as well and yeah i i got nothing but admiration for what uh, they've been able to do at east after they've had some pretty rough semi-final exits over the last few years as well. They played Gold Coast in the semi-final last year and that game was over after about two minutes when yeah. I can't remember who it was but uh, D Thompson had the penalty after two minutes and just straight away you could see bang, game over. But to come back the way that they did it was it was a great effort from them as well and just on Gold Coast United as well like they, they were shattered but like this is The side that is going to remain competitive as well because you just look at the age of a lot of those players in the squad. They're all in and around that early to mid-20s pretty much. And I I just want to uh, finish my Gold Coast thoughts off by saying um, I'm a little bit disappointed. I thought we'd have to wait half an hour for the first Momo Hayashi 30-plus metre bomb uh, on goal, but uh, she only waited 13 minutes from a free kick, Scott.
1: Yes, and it, it wasn't a bad effort as well. But with as a Gold Coast title, I do think they will be back again next year. It's a squad that is predominantly Gold Coast-based players, and they've got a really good group down there under Sarah Evans. So I'm sure they will be back. But with Easts, I'm really glad we're focusing on the defense for them, not just the two in the middle. We've got, you have um, trying to think of Chantal Majeri and Kate Musket at fullback, and Emma Gibbon in goal. It's a back line which is really good, and it underpinned their success yesterday, even when we talk about East on the show, it's quite often talking about the attacking talent. They've got the Sophie Pearsons, the Maya Bruckners, the Lauren Askins, etc. The defence we don't pay enough attention to at East. and it was I'm really glad we are talking about it now because they have been one of the best defences of the year and that was the thing that got them over the line yesterday. That defensive back four and goalkeeper were the underpin that success for them. Yeah. I'll
2: also, I also add this about Gold Coast United as well. And even though they, they were the losing team on the day, uh, I think the fact is that it could have very, very easily been a deja vu for last year, because I'm pretty sure uh, Lions got off off to a quick start and they ended up winning 6-0. After that first goal, they they stayed on, and I think that shows as well they had a lot of heart. I think Mary Craven is an absolute superstar in my eyes as far as a a defender. She is just absolutely uncompromising. Um, And also Mia Bailey uh, in goals, I think she's had a fine um, back half of the season. As well, Momo Hiyashi, who you know is, is sort of also in that defensive spot, I think to you know to strengthen that position, it sort of does um, stifle their attack a little bit because Momo is just as good def- attacker as she is defender. But uh, again, I think it was a tale of two uh, beast-like defenses, and something had to give, and it was Emma Star in the fifth minute. That was the difference.
0: Funny you mention the fifth minute because I just looked up my notes from the twenty twenty-two NPL Women's Grand Final. Guess what minute Amy Gunston opened the scoring in uh, that game?
1: to say 5. That's it. All right, so we know Gold Coast tactics for ne- for the next Grand Final they're playing, don't we? They're going to park the bus <laughs> for 60 seconds That's... in the 5th minute.
0: <laughs> Something along those lines, but yeah, I just had that note I have my notes from last year on hand and that was um, yeah, that was a little uh, bit of trivia as well, but yeah, they Kept coming, Gold Coast, but they just couldn't find a way through. And I'm trying to think back now, and I just don't remember Emma Star having to make two. No, not Emma Star. I'm just reading her name. There, yeah, Emma Gibbon having to make uh, too many big saves.
2: She made one or two early. I do. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. When when the sort of the, the immediate sort of um, sort of comeback was on, but she made a couple of saves. Also on, on the, another player sort of note on. Gold Coast uh, United, uh, Zoe Corbett. She just, she, she probably is. You know, as far as you know, you know, bravest players. I would rate her up in the women's game. You know, I've seen sort of, I've seen personally, probably you know a a sort of. I guess, I, yeah, you know, the only other player I've actually seen that takes that much punishment is Hayley Rasso and, that, and that's that, that's a fair comparison, but she just keeps on running and running and running, and yeah, you know, she 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 is really I you, know, you know, one of those really brave players. I think is the heart of that Gold Coast United side.
0: Just a non-stop motor as well, and it was a shame to see her subbed off uh, with mm. injury, but hopefully it's nothing too serious for her because she is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, whether it's as a right back, right winger, just wherever she's needed to be filled in as well, and that's always at this level one of those things that I always look for in a player as well as the ability to fill in in different roles and just go alright well where do you need me today and that always that's always a big sort of thing for me when you see a player that's willing and able to do just that but back to East as well we're kind of going back and forth here at the moment but you talk about their ability to close the game out and the defensive uh, resolve that they were able to display I think of someone like well, the coach, Lachlan Leong, who's just come in uh, to Eastern Suburbs this year, and you just have to think he's... Like, the coaching staff as well, he's probably had quite a lot to do with the fact that they've been a lot more defensively resolute in these big games. Like, they pushed lines all the way in the Capital Women's Super Cup, took them to penalties and just fell short in the shootout. It happens in penalties, but... Yeah, I just think it's a really... Good sign for what they've got going there, where there's a lot to um, a lot to work on there as well, and a lot of signs of improvement.
2: Yeah, uh, with, yeah, with Lock and Leong, uh, obviously uh, having having sort of been part of the uh, Brisbane Royal W League uh, assistant coach uh, being a, a assistant coach there prior to this appointment, uh, it, it showed that you know, the. That, that that's sort of that big game mentality, and that in the end, in the end, it was a case of, you know, preparing the size such that you know, to give no quarter, to give no, no sort of you, know, you know, sort of chances, and that, that's a, and also as well, Ailey, I would say you know, supported by by one of the current, uh, uh, Brisbane Raw A League Women's uh, Assistant Coaches, in Kelly Crew, who also as well you know, came came on and did her part in a cameo role, so. So yeah, it, it is a really, really strong setup there. That, that that program is probably one of the sort of one of the premier programs in women's football here in this state, and it's good to see that they finally actually get some be a silverware to show to, to show their achievements.
1: Yeah, they've been knocking on the door, James, for so long in the NPL Women's. They've been so close. So you said last year, they fell in the semi-finals too. Gold Coast, perhaps Lockheed Leong has just added that little bit extra in terms of. The big game experience, as you mentioned, in terms of just getting them over the line. They got to the grand final in the last minute against Peninsula Power, and they thoroughly deserved their win yesterday or Sunday, depending on when you are listening to this over Gold Coast.
0: That they did. And uh, let's get on to our post-game interviews, because you had a chance to catch up with Lockie Leong and uh, one of the marquee strikers who returned to grand final glory, uh, Sophie Person. So let's hear those interviews now
2: i'm joined by the npl women's queensland head coach winning coach at lachlan leong lachlan firstly congratulations on uh this achievement tonight
5: thank you very much uh it's been fantastic the the girls performed so well and uh happy to get the result for them
2: obviously um it was hard to to get, get keep the emotions down after that dramatic win last week winning in the 122nd minute
5: yeah, definitely. Look, it, it was a long week for us. Um, you know, playing an extra 30 minutes, we, we definitely thought about the training week and how to prepare them best. Uh, and fortunately for tonight for us, it, it came off.
2: Uh, the, with the obviously first time the uh, club has been in a grand final, first time win, as a club and the program itself, how, how do you see the achievement itself?
5: Uh, to be honest, I haven't really thought too much about it. Um, for us, it's just about creating the most professional environment that we can. Um, and I suppose my time at Raw has helped bring that back in, knowing the, you know, the quality of coaching there and bring it back into MPL, just making sure that yeah, we provide them with the best opportunities and then they take them.
2: How, how important is it to have experienced players like Sophie Persson, Georgina Amos and number of the, and Hakana Kachetko who are obviously your senior players on the and how they guide the younger players?
5: Oh, I, I looked up a stat the other day and we've actually got the oldest age in the MPLW. so they've been tremendous in leading uh, the players both on and off the field uh, and just their experience isn't valuable uh, I suppose and you, you can't teach players that, it's been fantastic to help the squad and the younger players.
2: And finally, uh, obviously, you'll be go, come go from the hunter to the hunted next season. MPL, does this, this squad stick together, or is there going to be rebuilding, or how, how do you proceed going forward, or just worry about the night tonight?
5: Uh, look, take one thing at a time. I, I'm a big believer in team cohesion is everything, and I think that's what's made East a successful club for a number of seasons now. Is that team cohesion, the amount of players that they keep? Um, so, yeah. Like I said, we'll go out, we'll enjoy tonight, and then I'll think about the rest next week.
2: Hey, Lachlan, congratulations. Uh, Enjoy the win and enjoy. uh, Oh, it has been a great season for your team.
5: No worries. Thank you very much.
2: Captain the East, it was Sophie person. Sophie, congratulations on the win in the grand final.
6: Thank you so much. An amazing, amazing atmosphere. How did you feel after that one? Oh, it feels incredible. Um, the turnout from the East fans is absolutely fantastic. I feel like we have um, we have the biggest crowd, and they really carried us from that early goal. So
1: yeah. yeah. You mentioned the crowd. A the big crowd here from it's not be great to see It's a big crowd here, a big occasion from Eastern Suburbs. Pardon? It must be great to have a big crowd from East. Here. It's a big occasion for the club. Oh first, my God! Yes. First NPL Women's Grand Final for the club.
6: Yeah, absolutely. We got a big turnout. Um, yeah, it means everything to the club, it means everything to us girls,
1: so yeah. In terms of the game, the first goal was always going to be crucial. How important was that to get the first goal so early in the game?
6: Oh, it was so important. Um, I think we felt it after that. Once that go- goal went in, we were like, this is our game. We know we have a really, really good defence. We have that first goal in, we can do it.
1: Absolutely, and you've played in some big games yourself in the A-League Women's in the past. How do you find out here today on the soccer team in front of a good crowd?
6: Um, I mean, I have played here before. Um, this was so much better. Um, it's been a fantastic team, fantastic crowd. It was just absolutely amazing. Uh, nice to have a really nice pitch to play on. Uh, but
0: yeah. And a couple of very happy Eastern Suburbs representatives there as uh, they were enjoying their grand final triumph. I th- There was a point after the men's grand final, after the presentations, where I just saw uh, Lockie Long just standing in the middle of the Suncorp pitch. And I think there was a little bit of just a, did I just do that? About it, because like, it is, a, it has been a season for first-time coaches overall, uh, Scott, but it hasn't always brought clear joy to uh, a lot of those guys uh, this season. But Lucky Leong, he got the job done.
1: No, he's one for one now at East as well, so he, 100%, what else could you ask for?
0: A stand to be named after him, perhaps? <laughs> Although I, think, I think Amos is probably going to get that stand uh, long before anyone else from that team.
2: Well, I said they've um, they're they finally the good news at Heath Park. Is they're they're finally getting their um, rede, the redevelopment works after the, after the floods. Uh, so that uh, Heath Park will be out of action for all the summer. So yeah, maybe maybe they can uh, yeah pitch in some extra money and build another stand for maybe Georgina Amos and Locking Leon because I think they're both uh, I think they're both going to become legends of that club
0: without a doubt. And I'm sure there might be uh, the Emma Star row as well because. Yeah can't forget her contribution as well but um, yeah that was how the NPL women's game unfolded it was mercifully not as controversial as the men's grand final with uh, not as many major talking points but again like I just go back and go it was a fun game to watch between two of the better sides in the NPL women's competition that fought their way into the grand final and yeah it was good fun and I wouldn't be surprised to see them both in the mix again at this time uh, next year
1: yeah, it was a very clean game, wasn't it? There wasn't a lot of incident of anything that happened in that game in terms of the referee Taylor Brotherson had to do in that game. It was very easy, easy for her to referee in that game. She did quite well, but congratulations once again to East. They finally got over the line. Year of the Tiger, James.
0: It is. Um, now, let's move on to the FQPL1 Women's Grand Final because I'm just realising the uh, battery on my iPad is... Uh, wavering in that danger zone and I'm not sure if it's charging properly. So let's move on to what was the least stressful game of the day. As uh Brisbane City completed their perfect season with a 5-1 win over Southwest Queensland Thunder. Goals from Laney and Sean Fryer in the first half before Georgia Thompson got a second half brace and Steph Latham. Well she had to get on the score sheet didn't she uh, in a 90 second minute cameo but the goal of the game does have to go to Abby Lloyd with an absolute screamer to get one back for South West Queensland and I was down doing a sideline on this broadcast and just watching the Brisbane City players after that one went in that, and I think it was pretty much just a unanimous look on their face of that was just too good nothing we can do about that but um, yeah, that, that was how that one unfolded. Scott City they're really really good and Watching the game, all I could think of was that quote from uh, Remember the Titans when uh, Will Paxton's character is saying, leave, leave no doubt, run it up. And City, they barged down the door and uh, maybe left a little bit of a statement there for uh, what to expect when they move to the NPL next year.
1: Yeah, there were three really close grand finals on the day and then there was this one, which was what everyone was expecting. Brisbane City so had you say... The perfect season, James. I do have one game to go. They've got the FQPL Champions League game in a couple of weeks' time to officially complete that. But in terms of the league season, that does complete the perfect season. And it was an almost perfect performance, but for the the goal they did concede from Brisbane City. They've been far and away the best team in this league all season long. They've been scoring goals for fun. And it was pleasing to see, actually, the five players who scored the goals, James, were players 1, 2, 3, 4 and five on the golden boot tally. So the players who were scored all season long each had their moment out there at Suncorp Stadium and they thoroughly deserved their win. They've been the best team all year. Thunder did try. They put in the effort. They kept it tight for a while, which was pleasing to see. But at 2-0 and then when the um, red card happened where Liz Hollett came off her line and clipped Laney Fryer, it was a clear red card had to be given. At that point, any faint hope Thunder had was unfortunately out the door. But I will say... Shout out to to Lana Hark who went in goal (laughs) former Matilda and Brisbane Grand Final winning scorer no less in goal made a couple of very nice saves at the end of the game so did well but City deserved their win and it was always going to be a tough ask for Thunder and unfortunately they weren't able to get, get the results so congratulations to Dave De Silva and everyone at Brisbane City
0: and I kind of feel like for Thunder as well this game really was just a bit of a bonus I think to a player they probably knew what they were expecting and their big game came a couple of weeks ago in that uh, NPL playoff against Olympic which they unfortunately fell short in but I kind of feel like that might have been one that they would set their sights on a little bit more uh, than this one knowing full well that Brisbane City were coming and they were going to be ruthless I did love uh, standing next to the Brisbane City bench and just seeing like how involved David De Silva and his coaching staff were right up until the full time whistle and I was just waiting for them to go, all right, like, cue in the rack, job done. But no, right up to the full time whistle, they were saying, no, 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 they were still coaching. And I was like, that's probably why they had a goal difference of about 133 this year, I think was the final tally, Adam.
2: There's, I, I've seen Dave Silva operate for a number of years now. And look, I highly doubt that there is a. You know, there is a mechanism in his coaching style. Says, "Oh, I'm just gonna sit back and relax." It is whistle to whistle all the time, and that—that's the standard he sets for this team. This is why they are the gold standard in NFQPL. One look, yeah, you can say that. You know, maybe the, the competition wasn't as as deep as you know previous years or anything like that. But at the end of the day, they created that by by the, by their standards, by their by, by their excellence, that you know they they absolutely go you know, left no doubt. You know who was the best team? But uh, but yeah, look, uh, we yeah we can always talk about you know, Steph Latham and her fifty three goals now It counts it of counts a season. But the one player actually I want to highlight as well, uh, I think Georgia Thompson. I think she's had an exceptional season. Um, to brace a brace on Grand Final day at Suncorp Stadium with a couple of absolute howitzers as far as you know, you know giving liz Holt no chance um of, of of um saving and uh yeah look actually i know she's coming back from a um from an acl as are both the fryer sisters as well so the the uh the post acl club is obviously they they're all getting back into into it but uh i'm actually surprised unless it's her choice why you know they're higher sort of you know, honours have not been sort of looked at for her because I think she's an exceptional player. And she, she absolutely, you know, hadn't had had an absolute ball down that that um, right hand side uh, all game pretty much, and they be, um, the defence had no answers for um, for Georgia Thompson down that that right wing.
1: Yeah, Georgia was fantastic, not just yesterday but all season long for Brisbane City. I do agree with Adam Actually, an opportunity for her can't be too far away in down women's competition, be it Brisbane or somewhere else. It's got to be. Somewhere down the line in the not too distant future. Just the other thing, back to the goal from Abby Lloyd, James. She does like a goal at Suncorp. She does. Got two, of course, in the 2017-18 Premiership winning day for the Brisbane Roar. So, loves the goal at Suncorp. Unfortunately, on this occasion, didn't work out for it as well as back then. But that's three goals at Suncorp. I'd be claiming as a hat-trick if that was me. <laughs>
2: it was yeah and I, I'd also sorry I just want to jump in as well uh, I do think Steph Latham might get a little bit of delight as well of scoring the final goal scoring past uh, Lana Hart Hark, that they were they were teammates in uh, Brisbane Roar's inaugural uh, premiership back in 2007 so yeah I think but uh, yeah very very unusual circumstance I think that red card of Liz Holt's. um yeah, that, that's about that was about as straightforward as uh, the what happened later in the night. Uh, yeah, the referees just do not like uh, keepers coming out and um, and uh, and fouling players out, outside the box. I think it was, a, it was a decision. But the funny one one last uh, anecdote on that: uh, there seemed to be a, a trend of a number of sides, especially in the FQPL grand finals, where teams were not naming. Reserve goalkeepers—they are either playing short with a five outfielders or six outfielders. I, about ten minutes before uh, Liz Holt had that brain explosion, I actually said to Scott, "I said, geez, there seems to be a trend this year, and I hope no one's going to regret this decision of not playing a specialist reserve goalkeeper on the bench."
0: Well, to be fair. Fi- to be fair, I think by the time that uh, Liz Hollock got sent off, the game was well and truly uh, in the bag. Either way, but it was it was an unfortunate way to end uh, the day for her as well. She was distraught coming off the pitch as well. But I, you've also got to say as well. I mean, at, at that point, what difference would it have made? Like, and it, you know, it, when you're going against Brisbane City this season, yeah. you, you kind of know what you're in for as well. Like, I. I, I don't know if this is true, but uh, I going to assume that it is. I think the smallest winning margin this year was like four goals, five goals, or something along those lines in the league. And
2: uh, I think actually the smallest margin was two nil against Thunder up at Clyde Berghoff and Round. There we go.
0: Two. There you go. Okay. Well...
2: you're right. You're right. You when you when you do score hundred and fifty odd goals in a season uh, and only concede, I think seventeen. I'm not the learned from you. Something ridiculous like that. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's going to be 144
1: and 19 in the regular 19.
2: season, so not 1920, including yesterday. Uh, that that's you know, there are going to be some very very lopsided results
0: for sure. As well, and as well, I think um, yeah, you got to give Lana Hart's credit for donning the gloves and finishing uh, the season off on a good note. But yeah, oh at least for her as well, like making a couple of saves that were pretty damn impressive as well. But yeah, second FQPL Women's Grand Final in a row where the keeper got sent off because it was Liz Harrington in very similar fashion uh, last year as well in extra time against uh, Mitchie. Anyway, let's. So word
1: of warning to the FQPL one Women's goalkeepers next year: stay on your line, yeah. or at least sa- on grand final Or at least back. stay in the
0: box. Anyway, let's hear from the victorious captain and coach from Brisbane City. We've got Dave DeSilva and Steph Latham.
2: I'm joined by the victorious uh, head coach, Dave De Silva. Dave, congratulations. First of all, grand final here at Suncorp Stadium. How's it feel to uh, win today?
7: It's great, mate. Thank you very much. It's just um, it's great to see the club progressing and moving forward. I mean, it's, it's more about them, really, today. They've already achieved what we wanted to achieve, but this is just that cherry on top, really.
2: 23 out of 23. I know we, we spoke before the season. I know I, I played up the whole thing <laughs> about it. you guys are, will be the favourites. But could you have imagined that this would actually be reality, that this squad could have gotten here with that perfect record intact?
7: Uh, Not really, mate. Um, But you, you always hope for that kind of outcome. But for me, it's always, you know, that old cliche one game at a time. I know that that's a bit corny, but that's the reality, mate. We've had a lot of players contribute over the season, and we've needed everyone in the 23s as well to, you know, push the group every week so we can be better each week.
2: For you personally, uh, with this squad, obviously you've got a lot of experienced players, but you guys, got a lot of young players come through. Yep. Which of those group groups probably makes you proud to see them achieve?
7: Oh, all of them, mate. It's not about, like, it's about all of us, you know. Even the half-time was about us, it wasn't about the individual, and I think if we're probably a little selfish in the game, we probably, as a group, probably should have scored a few more, I thought. So, for me, it's wonderful seeing the older ones influence the younger ones. They've been outstanding leaders for the club. And they're laying the foundations for the years ahead it's really good and it's exciting to see some of the young ones coming through um, yesterday was a great example with their 23s winning out there they're really really good it's really proud to see them all you know step up on the day yep. um, but yeah I'm really excited for what's ahead of the club npl
2: uh, back in next season for the squad i know we talked about after you won the premiership that you'll be staying pretty much a squad will go ahead how much confidence will that, will this win now and the trophies have won to, will propel that side into the new season?
7: Just gives us a bit more belief, mate. I don't know if it's about confidence. It's a new league. We're looking forward to the challenges of the groups, probably how it put it. Yeah, I don't think the win today really matters too much in the grand scheme of things. We've got the self-belief in our group and it's more... Can we challenge ourselves to be better at the playing style? That's our challenge every right. game.
2: And one final question, not done yet. One more game yeah. to, to go wrap up the treble. Yep. Obviously, you may go into that, uh, that match-up in the FQPL Champions League. While obviously, looking to, uh, to wrap it all up and get the clean sweep.
7: be lovely. Again, I think it's just probably another one of those nice-to-haves. We've achieved our outcomes for the season. Um, obviously, with Sean going into the World, we'd like to wish her well. She won't be in the game. Some of the players are probably going to go away on a trip. So it's an opportunity for some of our younger ones to get some experience as well um, and see where they're at. So we're excited to see some of the young ones put their best foot forward for next season.
2: Thanks, Dave. As always. It's always been a pleasure talking to you this season. Congratulations. Enjoy the win.
7: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: I'm joined by the captain of Brisbane City, Steph, Steph Latham. Congratulations. Um, big win, obviously, on a big day here at Suncorp Stadium.
8: Yeah, we're really happy. Um, when we heard the news about playing at Suncorp, we're all really excited and we're, just, um, we're happy to get out here and kind of use the, the pitch to our advantage today.
2: Uh, for you personally, you got a goal right at the end, but was it actually nice for the other girls to get sort of on the score sheet and, and, and deliver, especially on this stage?
8: Yeah, definitely. I think, like, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had a good season with scoring goals, but it's it's definitely all about the team. It's not about me. So, when it comes to finals, it doesn't matter who puts it in the back of the net. And yeah, it was nice to get a goal in the end. But you know, I don't care. At the end of the day, we're we're holding up that trophy, and that's the main thing.
2: Absolutely, I was also sort of ribbing on that. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, with the obviously with the squad, a lot of experienced players. But are you impressed with the junior, the younger players coming through and taking their opportunity in this squad?
8: Yeah, definitely, and I think um, that's what I love about uh, Dave and the coaches as well. They're looking to bleed those younger players through. So even you know with the cup matches that we've had through the season, we had a lot of 16-, 17-year-old players stepping on the field for us. And yes, they have the ability, but they've, they've also got players in those squads that have the, the attitude as well. So I can definitely see those players you know coming through into the Open women's in the next couple of years.
2: One more game this season, the uh, FQPL Champions League uh, final, but then MPL next season. How does that, from from your perspective as the captain, change sort of the squad as far as your, your sort of how you look at next season?
8: Yeah, look, I th- I don't think we've looked too far ahead to be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. We haven't really made plans for next season as yet. Um, you know, we still knew we had a big job to do today, and and we want to go and win that game in Townsville as well. So we're just looking at that at the moment. And I think you know, obviously, we're going to try and hold on to the to the squad for next season and and just build on that.
2: And just finally, 23 out of 23 this season. At the start of the season, could you have imagined that good gone through and completely run the perfect season?
8: Absolutely not. I've never done that in my career. And I, I know, like, maybe some of the younger girls, it, it probably hasn't quite sunk in yet. Um, you know, I've been playing for a while now, so that's it's a very impressive thing to do. And it's just truly something special. So for me, it's a season I'll remember forever. And I hope the young girls do too, as
2: well. From the outside, looking at a truly remarkable season. Steph, congratulations. Enjoy the win with the girls. Thank
8: you. Thanks
0: so much. And a big oh. thanks to Dave and Steph for taking the time as well as uh, it was the, the celebration galore for Brisbane City as well. And they brought a pretty decent contingent of our uh, travelling fans as well. Uh, Ernie Sunderland, the goalkeeper, her uh, boyfriend's father, I think, got on the uh, half time coverage and... Uh, the Sunderland sisters had the big heads in the crowd as well so that was uh, a lot of fun to see as well as it was actually a bit of a sister act as well for at least a couple of bits where there were three separate sets of sisters on the pitch as Adam you have something to add to that?
2: I do and uh, yeah I think the only thing I do also want to pay tribute to the Southwest Queensland Thunder fans as well, who did also travel and that, but also ex- extra recognition for the fact that how they and they alone conspired to get uh, Jordan Frankie, the uh, player of the match, on the <laughs> fan vote, which uh, I thought was an incredible episode. Well done to S- Southwest Queensland Thunder supporting crew for absolutely blowing up uh, the, the player of the match uh, award. Well, the, at least the fan, the fan one.
0: Yeah, maybe uh, it's a bit iffy leaving fans to vote on these things as well, but... Well,
2: I...
1: Oh, I thought Geordie Frank had a great game, personally. <laughs> I thought you did, yeah.
0: But good on them for doing that. All right. I said so. Um, what was I going to... That's right, we've got to go all the way back to 11 o'clock yesterday morning for the uh, FQPL Men's Grand Final. The Mac is FQPL Men's Grand Final. And uh, it was pretty much the Duncan Short Show as it turned out to be because the Wynnum Wolves goalkeeper was stellar uh, as he repelled wave after wave of surface paradise attack to preserve a 1-0 lead that came from Jack Webb's 10th minute volley off a well-worked move off a long throw in. And for this game, we were kind of all just settling into how the day was going to go. And before you knew it, we had potentially uh, one of the goals of the season for the FQPL1 competition from Jack Webb, Scott
1: probably the goal of the day actually the way that finish was taken on on the left for volley absolutely superb goal to decide the fqpl one grand final as you said these two sides played in the fqpl two grand final last year so i don't know if we should expect to see them in the 2024 MPL men's grand final or not james but they are tracking in that direction these two sides it's won all as well as surfers won last year winham got the win this year and as i said this was very similar to the npl women's grand final where winham got the lead early and Surface just could not track them down. They had a lot of possession, a lot of territory, a lot of half openings, so but they couldn't create the clear cut chances that they needed to get themselves back into the game. And given they do did have, have Morgan Saunders and Joel Russell and Teddy Watson all involved in this game for large periods, James, got to give credit to Winner Wolves for their ability to keep a clean sheet against that high powered Surface Power Apollo attack. And you're right, Duncan Shaw, but I don't know if we're doing performer of the week on the show this week or not but if we were he would be my nomination for it because he was absolutely superb for Wyndham Wolves two or three outstanding saves particularly in in the second half to secure that win for Wyndham Wolves and Surface Paradise tried James but they just couldn't get over the line this time
2: around
0: yeah did their best but just wasn't quite enough Adam
2: yeah it's almost a similar sort of script to what we'd see uh, very very Late in the night in the uh, NPL Men's Grand Final, where there this time, it was, I, I didn't catch who actually had the shot, but uh, yeah, Duncan Short tips over the bar in the 94th minute, uh, which, which uh, pretty much uh, saved, saved the game. So look, yeah, he, he had a fantastic game. Yeah, he, he had a um, again, he didn't have a, a full season as well. He only took back the reins uh, in, in goal sort of in midway through season after Mitch Perkins went off to East. So, uh, but they they sort of settled. Um, he's so he a very very experienced goalkeeper. Yeah, at that level, so it's no surprise. But uh, yeah, look, Wolves are uh, they they have shown all season long that they they are they are a quality outfit, and they just I guess they just had nothing to show for it. Uh, a, a couple of a couple of you uh, know finished. Slow, like they missed out on the Grand Final last year. They got promoted, back-to-back promotions, but to actually finally get a Grand Final for them, I think with, is an exceptional achievement uh, as well as they, as they uh, go into the um, in the top flight next year.
0: Well, and keep in mind, they beat Surface, who beat them in the FQPL2 Grand Final last year as well. So that would have been a little bit of a sweet revenge as well because the games they played all year were enthralling contest. I did the 2-2 draw out at Carmichael Park, and that was a really like, engaging game, I wish I could remember which club came from 2-0 down, but it's been a long 48 hours for us, so if I'm a little bit cooked, apologies, but um, yeah, it was good result uh, for Wolves as well, and something to, ideally for them, carry over some momentum into the new season, but they will be doing it uh, with a new coach, Scott.
1: Yes, Graham Fife was announced today as the new head coach of Wynnum Wolves. I think he was involved on the coaching staff this year under Mark Wills. So he's familiar with the squad and with the club. Obviously played for them last year before officially retiring. So he will be, co- he will be the coach of, of the Wynnum Wolves as they enter their inaugural MPL season in 2024. I think he was involved with the Royal Academy coaching as well, wasn't he? A very familiar fa- face and name around the NPL traps. I'm... Um, I'm very much looking forward to this Wynnum-Wolves versus Redlands-United clash whenever that is at some point next. season. not necessarily a derby, but they're not too far away from each other. And with Graham Fife on the Wynnum side of that now, it could be, it could be a little bit interesting. But that's a story for 2024 and, and the
0: season preview. Yeah, we've been talking long enough. We're not going to uh, go too deep down the 2024 rabbit hole because there's a lot of transfers still to be made between now and then. Uh
1: I mean, we're going to sell you to the Melbourne Football Review for a start. That's one.
0: <laughs> Here, I was hoping it would be the uh, Wit Sunday Football Review.
1: No, you know that all all Brisbane transfers out of town have to be to Melbourne. You know the rule.
0: Yes, that's true. Actually, that that that, uh, that is fair. I'll uh, start looking for real estate I can't afford. <laughs> all, all right. Well, it's a, certainly
2: Mad Monday has begun. As far not only for uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of the players and whatnot and a shout out to my boys over at morton bay and thank you for the uh, great wall of brendale that was um, awesome outfit for them monday it's uh, sensational stuff the photo is up on our um, on our socials but uh, a shout out to them but also as well there'll be mad monday as far as rumors go and it's gonna it could be a very very intriguing and busy off season ahead of the new season.
0: Before we do that, though, when does it begin on this show, James? Yeah, uh, it's about to in about five minutes. Uh, but first, we do have two more interviews to bring you as well from Mark Willis and Jack Webb. So let's hear from them after their grand final triumph. I
1: was to the coach of Wills. Congratulations, first of all. Yeah, thanks very much. wonder wills here in the grand final. What your thoughts on the way the match up came out first and foremost?
9: Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a battle right from the start. So we knew it would be. they were a good team and we just knew it was just going to, it was just going to be hard for it all the way. You've played, played service a lot in the last couple of years. How important was the first goal going to be in this matchup? Uh, I think very important. Even though, you know, we've always had a lot of goals in the games, we know, like, they got the three leading goal scorers in the league, so we, you know, thought they'd have some goals in them. Yeah, you, know, you always believe that. But, you know, our back six, seven, Duncan, keeper, had a brilliant game, so well done to him. Special goal to win it as well. Yeah, yeah, Webby. Yeah, He had 10, 12 weeks off, so it's only his third or fourth game back in to score the winner. It's brilliant for him.
1: Would you make an occasion here at Sunco? big occasion, good crowd here as
9: well, and a great yeah, occasion. It is. It's great for the lads. You know, none of them I don't think have ever played here before, so it's, you know, it is a good occasion. I know FQ have probably copped a bit of stick over it and all that, but at the end of the day, the guys have got something to remember.
1: Well, for you personally, in terms of this isn't a constant, winning the Grand Final?
9: Oh, it's huge. Um, yeah, again, being here, yeah, I've, got, I've coached the 10 back to back promotions, the Grand Final, we lost the surface last year. So it's good to actually, after two years at Winham, we actually haven't won anything. So to actually win something is massive, because that's what football's about, is winning trophies.
1: I think it's a bit of a great occasion for William as well. Been up and down of FQPL in the two back this year. It's a big occasion for the club.
9: It is, it is. It's good for them um, to be in the NPL next year. I'm sure they are. They're going to probably do a little bit of rebuilding, I'd imagine. Um, but, yeah, I'm just stoked for the guys. At the end of the day, football's a player's game, and that's who it should be about. And a bit of celebration this afternoon, I imagine? Yeah, I'd imagine so. I think their boys are heading off to felons uh, later on this afternoon, so I'm sure a few beers will be had. Well, uh, you go and get a monster. Congratulations. OK, thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Congratulations. you.
1: Alright, we're talking about the winning goals. first Firstly, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Talk us through the goal. Oh yeah, I didn't expect
10: it to come to me, to be honest, and then the flick on and it just kept coming apart. I've got a volley this.
1: <laughs> Luckily it's, it's gone in.
10: Is that the best goal you think you scored? Uh, most meaningful, definitely, yeah.
1: yeah. Happy to get the win. we the occasion itself by being here at Suncorp in a grand final, picking up the win. It's a great occasion a great place to play.
10: Yeah, unbelievable. I've not played in a stadium for maybe 13 years, so to get the chance and just buzzing for the occasion, yeah. Is this the most impressive stadium you've played on, or? Yeah, it's the b- biggest stadium, and yeah, but it's
1: unbelievable, isn't it? It speaks for itself. So, How do you find the game itself? Really tight matches. I'm sure you were expecting it to be. First but, goal is always going to be crucial.
10: Yeah, it's tough. We know surfers and like they asked me before, we've had the edge over them all year, like in our games, but we know they just put us under the pump and we knew it would be a grind and luckily we got the win, yeah.
1: And nice to get the win over them after they got you last year in the FTPL 2 decider.
10: Yeah, that's it, so it was a bit of a grudge match, but no, nah, good game. And
1: looking ahead David you've we'll got celebrations today, but also MPL next year as well?
10: Yeah, yeah, looking to stay, yeah, so everyone's excited, we'll just, yeah, have a break and go, go again. Until we
1: play this braces
10: like great so and go enjoy it. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, brother. Brother. Thanks,
2: Cheers
0: Thank you, Jack. Congratulations. And that is the final set of interviews we've got for you from NPL Grand Final Day. And as mentioned, that is the start of the NPL off season. But uh, for us it's actually the start of about three days of transition before we shift over into Brisbane Raw mode ahead of their new season beginning, which is technically already kind of begun, I suppose, Scott, because the Australia Cup is coming up with a semi-final against Melbourne Knights. It's going to be a busy few months before the NPL gets back underway in February. What are you looking for for the NPL off-season?
1: Well, first season, the league season and grand finals are finished, but some of these players are in action again this weekend down in Victoria. So first and foremost, to the players going down to Melbourne at the weekend to take on the Southern Conference as we like to call them no excuses we want two wins here they we are absolutely wanting the two wins in these matches more than just about anything else in a very long time so i'm looking forward to those but as to the npl off season i'm sure there'll be plenty of change going around players moving coaches moving a couple of big surprises which who knows what they'll be but looking forward to seeing what happens i'm sure it'll be interesting
0: I thought the one thing you were going to want from the squads travelling down to Melbourne is the same number of players to return back to Queensland, and none of them get uh...
1: extras back as well. That's even better.
0: I thought I thought I thought we were just hoping none of them decide to stay down there and uh, get picked up by one of the clubs, like like the Oxley Cannons or uh, what are some of the other ones?
1: South Brisbane, South South Brisbane Brisbane are my absolute favourites.
0: Of course, you're very popular uh, out at uh, the F1 track there. Yes. All right, Adam. What are you looking uh, for in the off-season?
2: Uh, look, to be honest, um, it, it's all well and good, but until Football Queensland actually announce the league, the uh, de- the declaration of leagues, uh, all bets are off. I think uh, this is going to be very, very fascinating. There are a lot of rumours rolling around. I'm not going to get into them, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of rumours about what it's going to what's going to look like for next season. And look, I, I really think you uh, if some of the stuff that we're hearing comes to fruition it's going to be it's going to shake up so I I think I think that yeah the declaration of leagues in November who's staying up who's 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 uh, who's going to be playing in which division next year I think that that's the the starting point for everything but uh, overall but from a playing point of view look I just hope Morton Bay you know they can they can go on with it next season and, and actually collect some silverware because I think they they deserve it after this season. See what we have to deal
1: with on this show. Firstly, shots at Football Queensland, and then pro Morton Bay agendas. This is what this is what you're missing every week, James.
0: <laughs> I kind of just assumed Adam was going to announce his candidacy to run for mayor, not just of Morton Bay, but all of Southeast Queensland.
2: No, I'm saying Morton Bay.
0: <laughs> well, and what, what is the
1: official Scotland. campaign launch? Yeah.
0: Well, my what I'm looking out for is. Uh, kind of an offshoot of what Adam was teasing there I'm waiting to find out what the national second division is going to look like if at all because it feels like that is a big domino that is going to impact whether or not um, some of these clubs are going to be moving up or possibly down in a division because we still haven't heard official statements from some of them. Some have said that they're out I'm still expecting that there's going to be more negotiations bidding what have you to come when it comes to labeling the uh, in terms of like getting the clubs into the national second division I think that once that gets finalized and we find out if any of the clubs are leaving the football Queensland pyramid uh, to take part in the NSD or NSL as I prefer to call it um, I think you're going to, I think once that gets resolved that's when a lot of these dominoes are going to start to fall
2: and also as well the proposed the, the proposal uh, about the the MPL uh, Champions League is still in play if the National Second Division doesn't come to fruition in 2024. 20, but also, but also as well, I, sorry. The one other thing I want to add about what I'm looking forward to next season is the Queensland Cup in both. And the fact is that the effort, the Australia Cup qualifying plays out to its entirety i think that will also be a game changer and whether the kappa pro series returns in its current format so there is there is plenty of decisions that football queensland need to make in the next season but look i think i think it's going to be a very very interesting season especially with the specter of the nsd yeah
1: one more thing to look forward to for 2024 probably the opening game of the season surface parents apollo First Gold Coast Knights. Are they playing on Creation Sports Centre Field 1 or Creation Sports Centre Field 2? That's the important question, James. Do Gold Coast Knights pl- players know where Field 2
2: is at the Creation Sports Centre? That's, th- that's what I want to know.
7: <laughs>
2: well, all, all, all the, the surface like, looking, peering over the fence saying, oh, that's Field 1, is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, there is a lot to look forward to Not just in the off-season, but when season 2024 gets underway. And we'll be back to cover it all on the Brisbane Football Review. In the meantime, we're going to shift our focus to the orange and black of the Brisbane Raw. That season gets underway in the middle of October. We'll be back on the Brisbane Football Review weekday show with our mega-season preview before too long we'll actually also probably have to review the Australia Cup semi-finals I'm just going on a stream of consciousness now but in the meantime we should say thank you to each and every one of you for uh, your company and uh, interaction throughout the NPL Queensland season it is very much appreciated and we just hope we've been able to add something to the uh, local football season as it's always a joy for us to bring in uh, just a little bit more coverage and shine a bit of a spotlight on these local clubs Scott
1: Yes, we said our thank yous on the show last week. But I'll repeat them. Thank you to all the players, clubs, officials, and people who engage with us all season long. Every time we get out to the local grounds, they make us feel so welcome, and we absolutely enjoy doing it. And we'll be back in season 2024, 20, bigger and better than ever. And that season preview will probably be around quicker than you realise.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just know it's probably going to come around about the same time as the Super Bowl, which is probably my busiest fortnight of the uh, working year. So I'm really looking forward. Your team
1: won't forward. be in it. Don't worry. Oh, I know that. Normal mind.
0: That, no, that's OK. Mac Jones needs to learn how to lead a comeback drive before that even becomes a faint possibility. I'm going to save that rant for the uh, New England other football review. In the meantime, thank you, Adam. Thank you, and good night. Thank you, Scott.
1: Thank you. We'll be back next year.
0: And thank you, everyone, for listening. Enjoy whatever off-season you are afforded. We'll be back for the start of the A-League season. And In the meantime... We're going to have a little bit of a lie down. It's been a very long weekend. Thanks for listening for the 45 minutes plus a little bit of stoppage time. Good night.